Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Praise God. Well, let us open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10, and uh, let's look at a verse of Scripture. I'm going to give you some statements. And while you're turning there, let me say, last Sunday, uh, we celebrated uh, what, what was 42 years of Joanne and I being in full-time ministry and uh, pastoring the church, and as well as uh, six, uh, our time period of growing together and being together in all of, this, uh, all of this 46 years of marriage, as I stated, and 50 years of knowing each other. And that's awesome. And, so, and then me turning 67, and uh, Joanne, technically 67, she won't admit it yet. She's got a few days to go. And so, uh, but she says it, it didn't happen until that day hit. So, uh, so anyway, um, I won't tell you her birthday, but it's same, just a month after mine, exactly. But nonetheless, <laughs> but we are, uh, but, but we're steadfast and we love each other. We care about each other and we thank God for it. But for all the ministry helps, everybody involved, Thank you so much for all that you did. Thank you for serving, coming out. Thank you for Heritage coming out. You know, from my personal perspective, I don't know the numbers, so I'm not going to give you stats. There weren't like 20 million people ushering and all that. Uh, but for the people that were here and ushering and helping out, and, and then all the workers, it appeared to me as though this was probably one of the first times we had in percentage more members of Heritage Family Fellowship present in a conference, in a, in a celebration time, than we did the uh, pastors who brought people and individuals. And I appreciate the pastors who came. I so appreciate every one of them. I appreciate them bringing out their congregations. We did an ordain, ordination on Sunday night and uh, ordained uh, several people. And so uh, ordained my son Brent uh, officially, ordained uh, uh, Pastor Elijah uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I've been working on that for two years. I still don't get it. It, it starts with a V. And then, uh, and then we ordained Sue into the ministry as well. So, uh, and so she's not even a member here. She's never became a member uh, for all these years. She started with the church, so she never became a member. But nonetheless, uh, and so while we're doing that, and then I want to say she will be teaching today at 2 o'clock here in the auditorium. For those of you who'd like to come, is it two? Oh, one o'clock. One o'clock today. She'll be teaching today at one o'clock, doing some recording. It's very, very, very important, very specifically, and by request by myself, because she's got the information. That will be on voting. And she's not to tell you who to vote, but scripturally the foundation of why we vote and the importance of voting, and then how to vote, and all the different things. If you got married and it, within the time period, the last time you voted, you need to re-register. If you moved, you need to re-register. If you never registered, shame on you, register. And, and uh, you, you, this is in my lifetime of voting and Joanne's lifetime of voting, since we've been allowed to vote by age, this is gonna be one of the most crucial elections that there ever was. And so in Jesus' name, our nation, is an American nation. It is not socialist. It will never turn communist. And um, we're going to stop killing babies. 
and uh, we're going to serve God, and we're not going to vote God out of anything. And so we're not going to teach the Quran in school, uh, and uh, we're not going to do that. If we can't pray, then, then uh, you can't teach the Quran. And we're not going to teach all this other junk going on. So anyway, you've got to be here for this. This is going to be crucial. So I'll say it at the end of the service for those of you that are present. Uh, it, um, uh, you'll be able to see that a little later on. Say, so, hey, are you all ready to go to your Bibles? Are you all excited? Is anybody in here born, born again, blood washed, excited? Praise God. And online, just shout amen. I know somebody might be there uh, with you, but just shout amen. Praise God. Now, Matthew's Gospel uh, in the 10th chapter. We're going to center in on verse 7. But before we do, t- th- this morning I want to share just a little bit more in Matthew chapter 10. But let me make this statement to you. The faith life that we, you and I live, the faith life that you and I live, is, is a series of choices. It is not a series of chance. It is, it is not a, a, a mere product of faith. It is literally a, a divinely positions uh, setting emotion. God divinely positioned you. This life of faith is where you and I have got to recognize this and see this. So because of this, this is so important that we realize this. And I want to make reference of something. Uh, Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Turn around and tell somebody, I'm not going to be worried about my life. <laughs> and look at him and say, no fear here. No, fear. no anxiety here. No anxiety. Isn't that awesome? Thank you. And uh, don't worry about what you'll eat. Don't worry about what you'll drink. Don't worry about your body, what you'll wear. But as long as you keep seeking first the kingdom of God is righteous, everything will be added unto you. Now, look, now, before we get to Matthew chapter 7, which is our text verse where we're going today, uh, I want to talk about kingdom, uh, uh, and that is kingdom mentality and kingdom living. Kingdom mentality, kingdom living. And we've got to realize that. And, and understand that. But notice in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 10, let's look at verse 1 for just a moment. Matthew 10, 1 says this, Jesus speaking, And when he called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. Not to play with them, not to pet them, not to pay $15 to go watch them. Uh, not to get palm read, not to get your cards read. Amen? Not to talk to the dead. Amen? Not to toy with them. And in the world today, in the body, and there's a lot of people that you will go see, a lot of people that you'll go watch, famous stars, a lot of people surrender, have surrendered themselves to this. And there's a lot of spiritual witchcraft occurring in the world today. You're supposed to cast out devils. Amen. You can't cast out devils when you're playing with them. And will tolerate them and invite them into your home. You can't do that. So cast out devils. That's, that's a command, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that awesome? You have a right. Listen, when you serve God and live for God, you torment devils just by getting up. And you ought to torment them at work. That's why some of you are so harassed at work. Because uh, the spirit in you is tormenting the devil in them. And so watch this. And to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. All manner of sickness, heal all manner of disease. Jump to five. The 12, then these 12, uh, 12, Jesus sent forth and commanded. Notice that word command, underline it. Commanded them. He commanded them saying, Go not to the way of the Gentiles and to any of the city of Samaria 
and are you not? Now at this particular moment, this is what the command was at that time. Now notice verse 6 and 7, then we'll get to 7, and watch this. Verse 6, but, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. To the lost sheep. To the lost sheep. Well, they weren't lost because they couldn't find them. They were lost because they weren't committed to the covenant. They, were, they, were, they backed off the covenant. It is so easy to have so much convenience around the word that you forget it. That you no longer read it and you no longer take it for granted. That a scripture becomes so convenient and so, uh, uh, so common to you that you forget what it is. It is the living word of God. It is life changing. It is the source of healing and deliverance. It is the peace of mind that passes all understanding. It is joy unspeakable, full of glory. It's words of life. Not one word will pass away. Heaven and earth shall, but not one word shall. shall. So he said in here, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and watch verse 7. Are you ready? And as you go, wow, there's a good verse. And as you go, preach. And as you go, preach. Saying. You can't preach without saying. You got to say something. You must say something. Everybody on the planet needs something. Somebody needs to hear the gospel at Costco, Walmart. Somebody needs to hear the gospel at your job. Somebody, no matter where you're at, somebody may be hiding it very good, but they're hurting somewhere. You never know what somebody may be going through. You never know how somebody may be reacting. You don't know. I, I recall hearing one day a, a good friend of mine, pastor of a church, had a, has a really good, solid church and still does. Many years ago, had it then, has it today. And he said, that boy, that usher, that, 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 uh, that uh, covenant man in that church, covenant family in that church, he, uh, he was there at the beginning of service and was always at the beginning of service, and he stayed to the end. He vacuumed, he cleaned, he served, he did it. And that day they had this conference. He was in every meeting. He took off work, stayed in every meeting. And they, man, he was there. Wasn't a preacher, wasn't an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. He was a servant of God, called to serve in that ministry. And man, with a smile on his face, shaking everybody's hand. The de- that last uh, day of the meeting, the pastor was telling me this. He walked up to his car and, and, and opened the door. Pastor got in. They drove away. He goes, I'll see you. Ne-. And, and the pastor said, I'll see you next week. And he drove away, locked up the church, turned all the lights off, did all that, went home, sat in his car, and then blew his brains out. Nobody caught the depression that was on the man. Because we look at the smile on the face, but we never discern what's going on in somebody's life. Go into the world and preach. You have no idea who needs you. You have no idea how important you are. Go into all the world. It's a command. Go into all the world and preach. Watch this. Preach the gospel. Look at verse 7. And say the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not waiting to go to Mars. I'm 67 by the time they get going. I won't pass the test to go. 
I don't do push-ups now. Are you with me? Physically, I couldn't go. I wouldn't be up to going. And then how many years would it take to get there? Why would they make room for me? Why? Six, now listen, thank God they're going to Mars. But you and I, heaven. You and I. Heaven's not our home. Heaven and earth will pass away. God will create a whole new one. However, when we lay this body down, we're ushered into the presence of Almighty God. Amen. We go before Almighty God. Listen close to what I said. Into the presence of Almighty God. But don't think when you pass away, that's when you enter into His presence. Ladies and gentlemen, we are in His presence now. Because wherever two or more agree as touching anything they shall ask of the Father, He is there. The presence of God is here right now. God's presence is right here behind this pulpit, in front of the pulpit, where you're sitting. God's presence is with you. Angels are here. Angels are here. And your yes and amen launches them out to go get whatever you need. They're heirs. They're there to assist us who are heirs of salvation. Amen. Amen. They're working on your family who doesn't want to serve God. They may not answer your phone calls and your emails and all your text messages. They may not respond to your love or your preaching of the gospel, but they cannot resist the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And I'm convinced in Jesus' name, if we don't turn loose and if we hold on, we'll not lose one of them. One day, they'll confess Jesus as Lord. Maybe it's on their deathbed. I don't care. If it's on their deathbed, they don't get in by the skin of their teeth. They have an abundant injury. All they need to do is cry out once to Jesus Christ. That's it. Just once to Jesus Christ. And a life is changed. Your life was changed. I didn't, I didn't, you know, when I accepted Jesus Christ, all I said is, Lord, if you're real. If, I didn't even know if he was. I said, Lord, if you're real, tomorrow morning I'll be changed. And I've been changed every morning since. Every morning since. I didn't go through all that, if you believe in your heart. I didn't go through all the confessions of faith, 15 committed confessions. I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that moment. We were talking about it earlier. I had to, I, I, when I got born again, I threw thousands of dollars of drugs into the toilet. Not, and they weren't mine. They belonged to a drug dealer. And the drug dealer should have come and looked for me. That's a lot of money back in the 70s. To throw that away, why would you come look for me? They have, still haven't come. I'm still alive. Amen. Amen. Still here. Why? Because of somebody by the name of Jesus. And the greatest preacher, I said it the other day, I was, go into the world and preach. Go preach. The first person Joanne ever preached to was me. And she had only known Jesus Christ a half a day. She got born again at work. And then when I called her and asked her about going out that night, where were we going to go? She said, I'm not going with you no more. What? I'm born again. I accepted Jesus Christ. What does that mean? I had no knowledge of what that was. She goes, I'm through with you because you, you, you're not right for me. And hung up. She was that committed. So I called her back. She, and, and she told me the same thing. No, no. And she gave me a word I didn't even know. You're, you're, you're not going with the rapture because you're, you're so wicked. You need Jesus Christ in your life. I didn't know what the rapture was. 
It was a Wednesday night. That Wednesday night, she went to church. A woman took her to church. And they asked her, do you want to be baptized? She goes, no, no, I don't know what that is. I don't know how to do that yet. No, I'm not going to do that. Then she started going to that church. I went to that church. I didn't go to church for her. I didn't want some of the guy to find her. So I went. And I showed up. Found her in the church. Yeah, sat next to her. She said, what are you doing here? Came for Jesus. No, you didn't. (laughs) Come for Jesus. But she was so committed. Where did I find her? In church. Where do I find her today? In church. Where do I find her in prayer? Where do I find her in the Word? Where do I find her in love with Jesus? She loved Jesus then more than she loved me. And she still, to this day, loves Jesus more than me. That's a, that's a soul winner. Never lost her joy. Still going into all the world and preaching. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what you and I have got to do. So as you go, preach the message, the kingdom. We are the church. We are the church. You're the church. I'm the church. We are the church. This edifice is not the church. So stop going to church and come into God's presence. The reason so many members across the, the land in our nation and across the world go to church nonchalantly is because they're going to a building instead of his presence. Come on, you all know God did something good for you. You all remember when you met Jesus Christ. You remember the joy you had? Remember the smile on your face? You remember what happened? How many of you ever been healed by Jesus Christ? Healed. The doctors gave you a report. Or maybe it wasn't even a doctor's report, but you, you were standing in the living room and headache came or pain came and you just put your hand. Well, Jesus and the pain left. How many ever saw God's supply when there wasn't a supply? How many ever saw God make a way where there didn't seem to be a way? That's God's presence. That's not the physical, tangible edifice called church. You're the church of the living God. God visits you, not this building. Amen. Don't let anybody talk you out of that. Don't let anybody convince you you're not worth it. You were, you, Jesus paid the price for you. Amen. Ah, I'm excited already. All right, now, so you're the called out ones. You're the called out ones. You're the church. The word church means called out ones. Amen. Not the called in ones, the called out ones. That's efficient if you go to a service. You got to give him service. You got to do this. You're the called out ones. Jesus Christ. Here's a better word. Are you ready for this? You're his chosen people. He chose you. Man, turn around, look at somebody with a big smile. Say, he chose me. Oh, you got to be more excited than that. He chose me. Wow. Think about that. He chose you. But here's the question Chose you for what? What was the purpose behind it? What was the purpose of God, the creator of heaven and earth, could have chosen anything else that he created, but he chose to choose you and chose you before the foundation of this world. So when you entered the world, the choosing was already done. He didn't choose you you because you were right or good or pleasant. No, he chose you. Before, I've said this so many times, before you did anything right 
or before you did anything wrong, God already chose you. And in his choosing, he called you blessed. Amen. Now, here's what he called you to be. Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 2. Oh, you're going to love this verse. I know you are. You got it highlighted, underlined. You got flashy lights by it, stars, all kinds of stuff. You got, you got to get this. Peter, Peter was this rambunctious guy. Peter was the guy that created all kinds of challenges before Jesus died on the cross. He, you know, my son talked about when he took a sword and cut a soldier's ear off. He, he wasn't aiming for his ear, ladies and gentlemen. He was not. It was just that he was so poor with the utilizing of a sword. He never used it. He was a fisherman. He didn't fight. He didn't, he didn't know how to fight, but he took a sword and he cut a man's ear off. Jesus picked it up, put it back on, healed him. He said, if you, live by, if you pick up the sword, you'll die by it. Put it down. Put it down. Put it down. You, you don't know how to use that. But then later on, we're all given the sword of the Spirit. In Scripture, we all have the sword of the Spirit. So 1 Peter chapter 2, are you ready? Your chosen generation, your chosen people. We're all chosen. Amen. Now watch this. Oh, this is good. But you are a chosen people. This is a good place to shout. You're a royal priesthood. Underline it. A royal, a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Man, that's so powerful. And then he said this. A people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Once, there was a time, once you were not a people who were chosen. You were not a people that were holy. You were not a holy nation. However, once you had received mercy, now you have received the mercy of God. You, are, you have received mercy. That mercy's on your life. God has been merciful to you. Sometimes you've done some stuff and you thought it was your fate. No, 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 mercy. Mercy. His mercy endures for a thousand generations. God will pick it up. I know, listen, I know you love me. I know you, I, listen, and I know you meant to do right, that, but that wasn't accurate. But guess what? I got your back. I knew what you meant, so I got your back. Mercy kicks in. Grace is God's attitude to who you are. Mercy is God's response to what you do. So when you mess up, his mercy endures. Amen. So keep that in mind. His mercy endures forever. That's why the Bible said, come on, before, come before me, and you'll find grace and mercy in, in time of need. His grace is sufficient for you. And his mercy will last to a thousand generations. And you're not going to live for a thousand generations. So he, he, covered your, he covered you in every aspect. <laughs> Amen. So, now, we were not created. Now, listen close to my statement here. Are you ready? Listen close. I'm going to help you here forever. Are you ready? If you listen to me, it'll help you. It's helped me. Watch this. We were never created to work, work for things. We were created to receive things. We were not created to work for things. The struggle of life is working for things. And when you work for things, then you bow to people. Because you think people own things you need. 
God has everything you need. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Amen. I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm doing pretty good. I think, I don't know, I'm just, just me, maybe. Maybe it's just me. Am I doing all right? Well, say something. You're too late now. I mean, it's too late. Did you catch what I said? You were created to work for things. You were created to work for four things. Things are out there. They belong to you. But you don't have to work for them. You have to wear yourself out and die young trying to get things. It's not right that a man or a woman have to work hours and hours and hours 60, 70 hours to get things and then die young and have your children have to bury you young. That's not God. That's not how God works. God wants you to live long. How does this happen? How how do we get this way? How do we get to the place where we live long? Stop looking at things with work. Here's another statement. We were not called to make things happen. We were called to manage the things we receive. We were not called to make things happen. Don't try to make a deal. Don't try to force something in. Don't try to force a relationship. Online, listen to me. If you're dating a fool... And it's a struggle, and you're trying to change it, hopefully change. Let me help you here. No! If you're not married, run! Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. You got to realize this. There are some things not worth fighting for, because once you fought for them, and there's no, nothing that's produced after the fight, it was worthless. You just used energy. It's not worth it. There's some things walk away from. Amen. You were never made to make things happen, but manage the things by the Spirit of God that you've received. And I just helped you. This is important because there's so many things. I try and I try and I say, well, stop trying. I try to be a Christian. Just be a Christian. Look, 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 look. Since I got born, physically born, I've never tried to be a male. I just am. I got all the standard equipment. Joanne's got all the standard equipment of a woman. She's never once woke up and said, I don't know. But yet today, society said, let them choose their own gender. To quote a really wonderful man, stupid is as stupid does. God created male and female. Created he them. In his likeness. Now this, now listen close. So, so with this being stated in here, you and I have got to realize this. 
to become, and here's, 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 here's the divine purpose, to become and continue to live in his royal priesthood. You are royalty. Right now, you are royalty. You may not feel like it. It may not look like it. It may not show it in your bank account. It may not even show it in your body. It may not show it in where you drive or where you live, but you're royalty. Right now, you are royal. The royalty of Almighty God has been laid upon you. You wear in heaviness the cloak of mantle of royalty. And you are his royal priesthood. You're also supposed to influence the nation by being a holy nation. Those called of God to declare his praises into a dark world. You're not going to ever change a nation by joining the natural world and burning down buildings. Nobody's going to believe that you're holy. It, it's a, it, it's, it, it doesn't even go together. I'm a Christian. Set it on fire. I'm a Christian. Defund the police. That doesn't go together. I'm a Christian. Abort children. That does not go. It doesn't go. You cannot drive. You cannot put your car in drive and reverse at the same time. You can't do it. And the worst position is neutral. You'll roll down a hill. I know that. My father-in-law did that. It wasn't his fault. I put him in the car and, and it ran back in the house. And he was sitting in there, 91 years old, taking him to a doctor's appointment, 90 years old. And uh, he just sat there. And the car rolled down our, our driveway. Ran into the bushes. I was heading for the door. And then I took off after the car. But he just sat there like this. And in his mind, he's thinking, should I jump out or what do I do? And fortunately, I turned the wheels enough that it went, didn't go straight. It ran into the bushes, up the bushes, and hit uh, 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 some trees that I have there. Bushes, big bushes. And it stopped. He just sat there. I grabbed the door. I said, are you all right? He goes, yeah, why'd you do that? I said, I, I, did, I, did, I, did, I, said, I didn't mean to do that. And, and uh, because the way the bushes were, I couldn't get in the door. So I had to open up the back door, climb in the back door, open it and turn the engine off. I said, are you all right? He goes, I'm okay. And he goes, why did you do that? I said, well, it was an accident. <laughs> and he said, leaving the engine on and leaving it in neutral was an accident? And then I had to drive the thing back. And he still to this day talks about it. I, when I get him, I just took him to another doctor's appointment. He got in. He goes, you're not leaving, are you? <laughs> so I do know if you, if you, live, your, you live your life in neutral, something can happen. Yeah. I can prove that out. <laughs> royal priesthood. Listen close to my definition. A royal priesthood is another way of saying clarifying and establishing that each one of us has been made both king and priest. You're both king and you're both a priest. Two things, king and priest. And I want to deal with the kingdom living and, and, uh, and because this is so important for us that we deal with the kingdom living uh, and the kingdom mentality. Because if you don't have a mindset of a king, you won't live like a king. You, you just won't do that. It, it won't happen to you. So we got, to, we got to understand that. So we're chosen. And so now, this, now listen to the truth. So you, in this verse of scripture, 
in Peter makes this. So write, you can write it down. Here's the power of two. Number one, we are his people. We are his people, number one. So if you're his people, you don't belong to Satan. You, let me help you here. I'm going to make a statement here. Some of you, you'll understand. Some of you won't. You are God-possessed. You are, so therefore, if you're God-possessed, you cannot be demon-possessed. God lives on the inside of you. Man, I'm so, I, I, I recall so distinctly my father. Years, years, years back, we lived in the city of Norwalk on a street called Disney. And uh, everybody's gone. My dad came home from work. I just got home from school. I was the first one home. I was uh, in the back taking my, because, uh, you know, school clothes off and getting ready for play clothes because that's what you had to do. And, uh, and so, but I remember my dad, he, he heard me, and he said, go change. I said, okay, I'll do that. But then I heard him go, what are you doing? Nobody else was home but me. And, and so I, run, I go into the hallway a little bit. A man had walked into our living room, opened the door, walked into the living room. My father stopped and goes, what are you doing? He said, well, the door was unlocked. He goes, that gives you no right to walk in my door. This is my house. Now you better get out. And I heard him say this. I've used this twice. I'm giving you to the count of one. And that man ran and my dad chased him. Now my dad was asleep. I'm not trying to embarrass my father, who's in heaven now. T-shirt and skivvies. He ran down the street chasing that guy. That man ran, and that, my dad was right after him. My dad was protecting his house. The, just because the door was unlocked did not give the man the right to walk in. Satan has no right to walk into your thought life. No right to walk into your life. No right to walk into your heart to give you a bad confession. No right to walk into your financial affairs and ruin it and create the debt of devastation. No right to engage in your body and create sickness and disease and affect your heart, your lungs, your kidneys. He has no authority. And it will not happen unless you say, wait a minute, what are you doing in my house? This is my house. A king has a domain. And if you're a king, then this is your domain. And where you live is your domain. And where you speak is your domain. And where your seed goes is your domain. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You're an, listen to this one, this is good. You're an army of ambassadors. When we connect together, we can't be separate. Stop all the strife and division in the church. Amen. Stop going, I don't want to sit over there because so-and-so there. Get over it. Go sit next to him. Heap out coals of love on him, as the scripture said. Torment, the, the, torment that attitude out of him. Amen. Invite him out to eat. Commission, you're commissioned to, be, to bring reconciliation between God and nation. Let us, let us be cautious and obey what Jesus our King commanded us. And that's preach the gospel. Can't preach it unless you're living it. Got to live the gospel. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. And then we're also going to read Matthew 22, too. Matthew chapter 18. Ah, I'm excited. Amen. This, ah. Matthew chapter 18, verse 23. Are you ready? It says this. Therefore, 
Therefore, you got to find out, Brother Hagin, you say, if you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. <laughs> therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. Stop. The kingdom of heaven is like a king. The kingdom of heaven is likened or like a king. So the kingdom isn't the kingdom unless there's a king. So if you want to find out how powerful the kingdom is, discover how powerful the king is. The king is the revelation to the authority and the wealth and the fortitude of the kingdom. So notice this, the kingdom is like the king. And who wanted, watch this, I love this, to settle the accounts with his servants. The king said, I've got servants in my kingdom and they have a debt owed to me. But as the king, I have a right. I can either cause them to pay the debt or I can revoke the debt and remove it. So here's what I choose to do as the king. I choose, I elect to pay the price and remove their debt. Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid the price and your debt has been removed. And you no longer owe own, excuse me, this kingdom any debt. You own an inheritance now in this kingdom. The debt's wiped out. Please get that together. Please understand it. Sin is no longer part of your life. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You were a sinner, but now you're saved by grace. This is why you ought to shout unto God with a voice every day, every day you get up. My God. Paid a price for me. Every time you look in the mirror, thank God for it. Amen. Now, now, some of you that are in your 20s, you may not do it now, but wait till you get into your 60s. You're going to be saying it more often. Thank God he paid the price. Thank God I'm healthy. Thank God I still have my teeth. Thank God I still have my hearing. Amen. Amen. Thank God I'm healthy. Amen. I mean, I rejoice now. I can digest food. I was digesting food. There are people my age that can't. Are you, are you understanding what I'm saying? There are people that can't eat what I eat. There are people that can't eat salsa. They can't eat manudo. I can There are people that, that, are, are that on their counter have all kinds of medications just to get by in the morning and then have to take more at night. But when you don't have to do that, thank God for the royal priesthood. Thank God he paid the price. Pastor, uh, Pastor Jasper. Jas, Jasper and I were discussing. He was singing over here, when I walked over there to, uh, 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 I went over that way, and I was going to, actually, in between services, brush my teeth. And so I went over there to go brush my teeth. And while I was over there, he was singing. He overheard me with a song over here. Lord, I believe. I was talking to one of the musicians. I said, remember that song? Lord, I believe all things are possible. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe 
All things are possible. Lord, I believe. That's not enough, though. Lord, I receive. See, it's not enough to believe. You've got to receive. Lord, I receive. I was singing that. Jasper overheard it. I walked over there, and tears in his eyes, singing that song. With a man that should have died years ago, according to the doctors, is still alive. Lord, I believe. See, Christianity is more than coming to church. To that man. He heard a song and it got in him. Oh, he's, and he said, as a little kid, they used to sing that to him. He was in the hospital and he said, I don't know if they came and sang it to you. Is that what you were telling me? That they came. And he was singing that song just as a kid, Joanne. A child singing it because they taught him in church. Lord, I, and it was still in him. And when I, when I was singing that song, I didn't know he was hearing me. I didn't know. You never know who's listening to you. And I told him, I said, that's not an old song. That's not an old hymn. There's songs that are written for this day. And they won't last longer than this day. Than this moment. Then there's songs that will last a few years. Then there's somebody who paid the price in the realm of the Spirit to pin something that yanks out. It's not old. It was pinned by the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may call it old, but when you start to sing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. What simple words. Hallelujah is the only word that translates in every language across this globe. Hallelujah. You can say that word anywhere in the world, and everybody knows what you're saying. And somebody put it to music. Two guys were playing instruments, piano practicing back in the 50s. They started playing that song. And then they played it back on a little recording that they had. And they heard a whole choir singing with all kinds of instruments. God visited them. Kids who didn't even have, a mu- had, didn't have music got called, caught up in the spirit. And uh, I have adventures, uh, a book uh, about, and miracles happen. And all these children. It's all about children. And these children were in their schoolroom, and one of them got praying, and the whole, the whole school got born again, the whole class got born again, and they all started singing. And the teachers tried to get in, and the power of God hit them and knocked them all out on the floor in the hallway. They came back in, and they, the next day, they said, stop the kids, we got to teach. And the parents kept falling out. The kids ran up and got up in the hill, and they sat down and started singing. No music, no, no, no nothing, no piano, no guitar, no nothing. Just started singing. And then one of, them, one of them heard, would you like to hear how it sounds in heaven? They said, yes. They go, sit down. They sat down. And all of them heard music echoing down from heaven. Every known instrument and unknown instrument. And angels were singing the very song they were singing. And when they did that, the village where they lived fell out under the power of God. What would happen if everybody came for one reason, and one reason only, Jesus Christ. What if they didn't drag their feet in, but came in with a step? Maybe you drag your feet in because you got beat up during the week, and spiritually, and your helmet is off tilt, and your, your shield is all banged up, and your sword is being drugged. At least drag yourself in, and come in and be prepared. Because in His presence, there's fullness of joy. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts. He settled your account. 
He settles your account. Do you realize what that means? Uh, also, think about these truths regarding the kingdom. Watch this. A kingdom is never voted into power. You can't vote a king into power. You can't vote a king into power. You just can't do it. Joanne and I, I was talking about this earlier in the early service. We, we've been to London several times, and, 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 and we had the privilege one time of going down to go see the, the pa- palace, and the queen was coming. The queen had come out. We didn't get to see the queen. Uh, we didn't see, see the progress, but we saw all the masses of people that came out, and they all had flowers, and when the carriage came by, they didn't even get to see her, but they cried because that was their queen. They cried. The queen of England had just come by, come out of her palace. My God, it was something to watch all the masses of people, all the masses of people. Maybe think of church. Where are the masses to celebrate a king who isn't riding a carriage but living in us? We are his royal carriage. We're the ones carrying the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Kings are never voted into power. King's authority is by birthright. A king cannot be voted out of power. If you didn't vote him in, you can't vote him out. I like that statement because that's the same thing as me. God, God ordained me and put me into this ministry so you can't vote me out because you didn't vote me in. So that's a good one. The king's, world, the king's word is law in his territory. The king's word. And you've been made according to Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Kings and priests. So if the king's word is final authority in his, in his domain, then your word is final authority in your domain. Amen. He's giving you the power to speak. You're speaking spirits. So whenever you speak, you're allowing that. The king personally owns everything within his domain. He owns all the cattle on the hill. He owns the hill. He owns all the gold, all the silver. Everything that's here. I know they say there's a, a, a coin shortage going on. But all the wealth is still here. All the wealth is still here. Ladies and gentlemen, it's still with us. So anything you need is on earth. Any decree of the king cannot be revoked. Therefore, it's an unchangeable truth. So anything God said about you can't be changed. If God said you're blessed, the king said it, can't be changed. If the king said you're healed, you're healed. The, now, I like this one. Let me close with just two, two statements here. The king chooses who, who his beneficiaries are. Did you catch that? The king chooses who he decides to, to give, make, his, make his, his heirs. The king. So when you got your, all your debt removed and all your account removed, you instantly became part of the kingdom. And he made you a king. He called you his own. You're an heir. So therefore, now you are now beneficiaries of all that God has. You don't lack in anything. You have a lifetime supply. You don't have to work for it, earn it. You got to receive it. That's all you got to do. Father, I receive. I receive everything. 1 Timothy 1.17 says this. Now the king of eternal, now the king eternal, immortal, invincible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 
The purpose was to establish a kingdom of sons, not subjects. A kingdom of heirs, not beggars. God is a king and planned to share his kingdom with all of us. God, this king, wanted sons. He did not want to rule over us. He wanted a family to share in his rulership. I know I said one statement, but this is close. The will of God is where we should be. The greatest failure in life is to be successful in the wrong assignment. Because it'll keep you there. Be about God's business, not merely attending a service. It's not about fulfilling, it's, it's about fulfilling the Father's business as kings and priests. This is how you and I live. We live this way, we serve this way, so instead of coming to a service, give your service. Honor the Lord. I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. This is how kings live. Kings, man, they rule and they reign. And they walk in with boldness, with their head back, shoulder back, step in their feet. Not, you know, you ever see somebody just playing it? How you doing? Okay. They almost like melancholy singing. I was going to say, fine. They don't like me there. Who cares that they don't like you? Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Do you, do you remember that? Some, some of you may not, but remember that? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Wow. The Bible tells me he loves me. Then why do I care if five people don't like me? He loves me. God, what, what a thought. You are loved. And so much loved, he made you a king. So rule and reign like one. Amen. Put a smile on your face. In this kingdom... At the doorway of the kingdom, COVID wasn't invited. Amen. King takes care of his own. Protects him. Get in the kingdom. My name's a strong tower. Run into it. You'll be safe. Hey, have a seat right here. Watch the enemy watch you eat. I prepared a table for you. Right in the presence of your enemy. He can see you, but he can't have you. Wow. Isn't that wild? At 2.30 this morning, the Lord woke me up and started talking to me about some things. And uh, he asked me a question. He said, how is the lion and the lamb related? It kept coming to me over and over again. So I got up at 2.30, went downstairs and started studying that out. I was downstairs about 4.30, quarter to 5, and then I wrote down some things that he told me. Gave me all the scriptures for it. Wrote down several different things. I sent it out at about 4.30 this morning to the left to some of the people in the church. This is what the Lord said to me this morning. What do you call the lion? He's the king of the jungle. Revelation 
John said, the revelator. Made me weep last night as I read the scripture. I've read it so many times. Made me weep. Marissa made me weep last night. I've read it over 42 years of being in the ministry. I've read these verses. I've read them. And John beheld a scroll that could be opened by no man, a book that could be opened by no man. No man was worthy to open up the book. And these little verses, little weird, he says, and I wept. When I read that, oh, freshly, I began to weep. Who? And then I read on. I've read it before. I had read that before, that verse, many, many times. I can't tell you how many. And I heard a voice that sounded like that of a lion speaking. I can open that book. And I turned around and in between the elders and the throne, the lamb. Wait, it sounded like a lion, but I saw a lamb? Oh, man, I began to weep. And I, certain revelations, certain things were illuminated. That's right, what did he tell you? I'll tell you later. <laughs> That's why I love him. He could wake me up at 2.30 in the morning and put me to sleep at 4.30, and I could still be at both services. Preaching with strength that comes from on high. I believe in a rapture. I believe in the cross. I believe in the throne. I believe I have a purpose. I believe I know why I'm here. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Did you get something to say? Yes. Amen. Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We thank you. You're the most high. There's nobody else like you. We thank you. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.